doesn't matter if Jesus did or did not have a human father. That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, Managing Editor of The Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. How you doing, Aaron? Oh, I'm fine. We've got a nice, easy question that we're dealing with today. This is. It's it's an easy yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Unless you teach preschoolers, then it becomes a little bit more complicated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not, not to understand it, but to talk about it. That's right, because we're talking about the virgin birth today. Yes, we are. That's right. Um, so, and I mean, the short answer to the question at the at the that kicked off this episode is yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the short the short explanation of this is yeah, a virgin. Yep. Yep, it matters. Just like it, yep, it, it matters. matters. But let's go ahead, so. and, as always, go ahead and start by reading <laughs> this 99 Essential Doctrine on the Virgin Birth, and then we'll go from there. That sounds good. So uh, the, the Bible affirms that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin. The Virgin Birth affirms the historicity of the Incarnation, where the eternal Son of God took on human flesh. The virgin birth is a, is significant in that it serves as a reminder of Old Testament prophecies while also affirming both the deity and humanity of Christ. Nice and simple. Exactly. That's right. So uh, now here's what this is really talking about, just in a nutshell. Um, I mean, you've kind of got the big idea, the big idea here, but um, this is about how God the Son, Jesus, came into the world as a human being. Um, it's connected to so many other doctrines though which makes it one of those ones that it's all it's it's kind of difficult to parse out on its own but you, but you can um, and so other doctrines that it connects to are the incarnation that is literally God becoming flesh becoming yep. a human being uh, the deity of Christ the humanity of Christ it's all wrapped up everything that Jesus did the gospel itself all of it is related to this okay Good. So uh, the next question we always kind of look at is where we see this in Scripture. And we're just going to hit on a couple of these real quick and just move on. Because, again, I think this is just this is pretty familiar with with us listening and, and so forth. But we see this, of course, in Matthew 1 and Luke 1, the birth narratives. Yep. Uh, Mary is referred to as a virgin. And what's important there is uh, she will she even is surprised. She's like when she hears she will give birth. She's like, wait a minute, how can this be? Yeah. I'm how a can virgin, I do this? Which is important for a question we're going to get to in a minute about yeah. what it means to be a virgin. Does it mean what we think it means? Right. And then we see it in Isaiah 7, of course, where we, we read this prophecy that a virgin will give birth. Yeah. And we know that is, of course, a messianic prophecy talking about Mary giving birth to yes. Jesus. So let's just kind of move on and talk about sure. some of the cautions in understanding this doctrine. So what do you think the first caution in your mind is? Um, well, one of them actually should be um, – what do, like really addressing the question? What does virgin mean? Yeah, in the in the scriptures, um, and so there's a there is a bit of a debate um, that really it should it's not be a, a good debate. debate. It's a it's a weak debate. Yeah, but um, it's it's this question of you know how should you best translate the Hebrew word in Isaiah um, as that that we translate as virgin? Is it virgin as in a um, a 
woman who has never been intimate with a man or is it just a young, a young woman or young girl? Yeah. And I mean, the correct answer is it should be both. Well, it is both. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that's that. The, well, the argument is that some would say, no, this doesn't mean that she was literally a virgin having never been intimate. This just means she was young and it's an attempt to demystify Right. This, which is my caution. No, this this is a miracle that we we right. need to embrace. Uh, this was supernatural. It was a she was literally a virgin. Now she was young as well. I think yes, she was. Most scholars believe she was a a young teenager. Yeah, um, anywhere between thirteen and sixteen. Yeah. And uh, and so that is it's true that she was young, but also again it's it's important that when we read the encounter of the angel saying you're going to have a child. Her astonishment goes beyond, well, I'm just young. Yeah. It is, wait a minute, I've never been intimate. Yeah. And then we also read that Joseph kept her from, kept her pure, kept her innocent Mm -hmm. after their engagement until after Jesus was born and after their marriage until after Jesus was born. And that makes no sense if only Mary being young is in mind here. Yeah. So the argument that that virgin in Isaiah and even in the Gospels simply means young girl just really does not hold weight. Right. Um, and so instead of trying to to remove the miraculous nature of this, no, let's just embrace it. Yeah. Um, my contention is, man, if if we can't if we can't get our arms around a virgin giving birth, how do we get our arms around God creating everything by the spoken word? Right. Or Jesus coming back from the dead. Exactly. Um, all of these things. Like we we have a supernatural religion and we live in a supernatural world. We, li- we have a supernatural God. Um, he acts outside of the, the normal natural order that he established. And he can do that because he can. Yes. Because he's not constrained by it. Um, and so – we we have to we do have to embrace this even though even knowing that it is a huge stumbling block for many who struggle to understand the what Christians believe at all, um, particularly for people who um, who really embrace knowingly or otherwise um, a worldview that um, is uh, basically called um, let's use some big fancy words. Um, Naturalistic materialism. Uh, we have to raise the price of this podcast episode. Now. Absolutely, I'm sorry. This one is still free, but uh, <laughs> um, but the but but basically what that means is is that the only that it's a worldview that's based around the idea that the only things you can that exist are the things that you can see, touch, smell, measure, yeah. etc. Even though it also affirms things like quantum physics. So um, I can't there we see, go. touch, understand anything with that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, what this ultimately means it. is that we, as Christians, we 100% acknowledge that, yes, it is impossible for a child to have or to be born this way. It is. It is absolutely impossible. That's why it's a miracle. And that's why God says he's the God who does the impossible. Exactly. He did it. Um, now, on the flip side... Um, because this is the, this is the second caution, because it is a supernatural event, we, we don't want to be simplistic about it. Um, so the worst thing that we can do for ourselves and for others is to, is to be naive or blind in our faith. We need to look and look at the scriptures, look at what they say, wrestle with it, 
see how it makes sense. Yeah. But don't just don't us. Uh, but don't offer a simplistic. Well, just believe or, you know, um, yeah, any of those kind of things that you could say. Exactly. <laughs> um, spend the time. Yeah. So. And I think one other caution is that we have to understand the importance of this. And you intimated this earlier as, yeah. as you were sharing that other uh, doctrines are fused together with this one. It's, and we've, we've said that so often in our discussions. These, I don't think any doctrine you can take in isolation. They all yeah, link, they all work together. Yeah, together with, and some, though, like this, fuses very tightly with some others. Yes. Um, and here we see that. And so if you deny the virgin birth, you really – um, are denying what we would call a first order doctrine, that this is essential uh, to define those who are in Christ, those who are followers of Christ, believers, Christians, whatever phrase you want to use. Yep. If you deny the virgin birth, you really cannot be considered an orthodox believer. Right. Um, it, it's that important. It absolutely is. I mean, one of the things that I love is there's an article that came out, um, it'd be about 10 years ago now, Um that was uh, it was related to a Q&A that the atheist Christian Christopher Hitchens was uh, a part of. And so it was him and a um, hyper progressive, theologically, theologically liberal pastor. So he he's asked a question. This this person uh, s- talks about how um, like give give some sort of gives a response that's very um non-committal about everything and and is like you know you could work you could come and you could worship with us and it'd be great and he says well here here's the thing a christian at its heart believes that jesus that jesus christ was born of a virgin um is god and human lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose again three days later. In no discernible way are you a Christian. <laughs> if an atheist can understand that, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's wild. I, I think for, for many of us listening, mm-hmm. I think the danger is not that we deny this. I think the, the concern is that we don't fully appreciate it as much as we should. We, we It's too familiar. We, yeah. And I don't think – I think you said this earlier. I yeah. think we need to spend some more time and just consider it. Uh, for example, if you read through Genesis, you will find God has this this knack of choosing women who are infertile. Yes. To start a family. Yes. It's not accidental. He's no. doing that because he's showing, no, I'm the one. I'm the one who's doing all I'm this. I'm the one forming this family. I will bring life from a – dead womb proverbially yes. here he takes it to a higher degree yes and so it it's really important and if you understand it and, and read all of scripture and, and see it, it's like okay yeah god is communicating communicating something very clearly mm-hmm. this is not a normal child being born this is not the the messiah you all are expecting from day one i'm showing you this is different uh he is different i should say yeah and you will see yeah so yeah, I, I think that's the most of us. I think we just need to camp out a little bit more and appreciate this more fully. Yeah. Not that we want to reject it. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. I kind of yes. already began this, but that's all right. what, what difference should this doctrine make? I mean, really, one of the things that it should do is it should remind us that Jesus really was a human being. Um, and so because he was a human, he was a, he was a person like us. He grew. He learned. He was familiar with every kind of temptation that we are. That means that we have a that we have a savior who um who is like 
us, who can relate to us, who actually understands what it's like to live in a fallen world because he lived in that fallen world, although he never sinned. And that's good news, too. On the flip side of that, we also get to remember that Jesus is more than a human being. He is a human being, 100%, but he's also 100% God. Again, the, the fancy technical term for that is the hypostatic union. See, there are two, two big theology terms, and we're still giving this away for free? Absolutely. What are Absolutely. we thinking? I know. We should be putting this in a book. And it's a crime. I'm telling you, it's a crime. Absolutely. Um, but Jesus is God. The miraculousness of his birth, that that he was that he was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit, that God entered into humanity to do this. All of this is incredibly miraculous. And um, ultimately, that leaves us with great confidence and great hope in the gospel, because the one who saved us is God is a human, but he's also the only one yeah. who could fulfill the fulfill the requirements of God's commands. Yeah. And once again, this gives us confidence in Scripture because anytime we see a messianic prophecy fulfilled, it reminds us of God as the author. He he is sovereign, um, the inerrancy of Scripture, what was written about way back in Isaiah 7 came to pass. Yeah. So it, it gives us great confidence in Scripture, which in turn does what you're saying. Yes. Gives us great confidence in the gospel, which is what the Scripture is all about. Yes. So, Aaron, I think that's a good place for us to uh, end this episode. Uh, thanks for the discussion today, and thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed the episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus on your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 